Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, hour number two of the early line on this Wednesday, May 13th. I'm Dane. He's Kevin. We spent hour number one talking about the Major League Baseball proposal, talking a bit, a little bit of the fight game. Even if Mike Tyson, as he has said, is coming back. I don't know if that's a tease. I don't know what it means, but I am excited to see the potential. That was hour number one. Kevin, here in hour number two, we're going to turn our attention to the National Football League. And we have talked about the schedule. We've been going team by team, looking at their win totals, looking at their draft hall, looking at their fantasy diamonds and fugazis. And we will do that today with the Chicago Bears. But before we get into that, there's a couple of news and notes that have happened over the last day or two that mm-hmm. I'd like to get your thought on and and we're going to start with Philadelphia because I know you are an Eagles fan right and so I've been wondering how are they going to fill out their running back room you know they had Jordan Howard he's now down there in Miami they went with backs like Boston Scott Darren Sproles I think is you know calling it a career or maybe coming back for one last dance but in addition to Miles Sanders we've been saying how every team you know, they're going at it with two, three guys. And we've talked about some of the guys that are still out there without a job. And I've received word that the Philadelphia Eagles are talking to one Carlos Hyde to kind of be the other piece of that timeshare. I think that kind of makes sense. Listen, Hyde had over a thousand yards. And as part of a committee with Miles Sanders and others, I think it could be a good fit. I know you're a big Eagles fan. What do you, you know, what are the tea leaves you're reading on Hyde potentially a fit for the Eagles? Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, for the Eagles, they still need, you know, they learned last year that the injuries are going to come and sometimes in more ways than you could ever imagine. Uh, and it's right. not, you know, you don't want to just have one guy to do that does one thing, um, which is why I think they've got now four guys they believe can take the top off of the defense, right? Because they right. lost to Sean Jackson. Um, when it comes to the running back room, as you mentioned last year, they were able to manufacture production in a number of ways at a different spots. And that is where, you know, this team was going to uh, – was they were always going to find a way to take advantage, of, I felt like, of this running back market. Now, I think Miles Sanders is still the guy. And I do think that th- this certainly can pull us back a little bit on the projection because I actually – for a while, I felt like Miles Sanders was going to flirt with, like, three-down bell cow running right. back production, which Doug Peterson has not had by choice, I would say, in Philly. Now, Carlos Hyde is going to come in here, and I believe he's going to get reps. Uh, he's and he's a little bit more of your, you know, between the tackles, sure, early down, um, yeah, kind of running back there. So think you know, about Jordan, it. At one point, they had Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. So yeah. doesn't Hyde just take some of the Jordan Howard role? Yeah, no, exactly. But I, I think overall, I'm so high on what Sanders can do, and I think Hyde, uh, I think Hyde fits what they want here. And they're, you know, I don't know if we have exact contract details, but this is something that I think will will pan out. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I think it's a simple fit. Um, because I think too, when you bring in guys like you want them to just be able to fall in line with their with what they're doing, and I don't think Carlos Hyde is going to be someone that's throwing a helmet week four that he didn't get a goal line carry. Like I'm, that's not what I'm expecting. So I think all in all, I, I think the pieces will mesh. Yeah, and this hasn't been official yet. At this point, there's just rumblings, you know. But sometimes yeah. there is smoke, there is fire. I have a couple of other questions about this for you, though, Kevin. Mm. Shady McCoy is another running back that's out there, yep. right? That has absolute experience in the city of Philadelphia with this team. So what do you think it says about McCoy 
if the Eagles, with all these guys out there, are going to call Carlos Hyde first? I, I guess it has to be something about durability, right? Mm. Now, Hyde last year, I believe you said, was a 1,000-yard rusher was for the when, with the Houston Texans. So I think it's something to, uh, to be a little bit more reliable. Uh, the two guys that we've talked a lot about um, are both LaShawn McCoy and Devonta Freeman yeah. when it comes to the names that are available. LaShawn McCoy is older. And I look, man, I'd love to see Shady back in, in Eagles Green. I really, really would. Um, but I understand feeling like maybe— Most of those parties? <laughs> um, I will say, though, I think uh, I think Devonta Freeman, I think maybe we are getting more uh, of an answer to the question that I have been asking, which is a lot of this maybe more so to do with concussion concerns. Yeah. And maybe that is the case here, right? Like, you know, from for the Seahawks and their links to Marshawn Lynch, which we actually haven't seen come to fruition, um, it's, like, it's like, oh, okay, they want the guy that they know, the guy that they trust, right? So we've been trying to figure it out, right? Even Gore landing with the Jets. Familiar is like, territory. Well, exactly. That doesn't really apply here very much so mm-hmm. when it comes to this. So I think it does show to a degree that Freeman, and I'm sure maybe his contract demands are a bit higher knowing that he has been able to have, you know, some more successful seasons in Atlanta, but I, there must be some very real concerns about Freeman where, you know, people are only looking to pay him as maybe even the third running back on a depth chart. Yeah, my how the mighty have fallen. There was one time where Devontae Freeman reset the running back market when he was was with Atlanta. I was in a draft. Now, this was also because the guy was out of his mind. Second overall pick. Second overall? Second overall pick. Now, it was was the first time I had ever been introduced to this league. It's the league I told you about that I run with a buddy. Basically, Mm -hmm. the the, the reigning champ gets to pick um, whoever they want, right? And the, the guy took Cam Newton on the back of his MVP year. So right away, I'm like, oh, we're in for something here. Mm-hmm. And then his son grabbed ah. Devonta Freeman second off the board. And I said, oh. There's dead okay. money right there. Here's, here's, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the best thing, though, from that draft. The yeah. reigning defending champion, older guy, um, he's going through his book. And he goes to say, I'll take Miami Dolphins running back Lamar Miller, who had moved to Houston at that point. Mm-hmm. And I went. He's not there. And he'd made a couple like selections where it felt like he was getting teams wrong. And the guy was using, because these older guys, they still use the fantasy books. And like the magazines that are out of date. He was using, it wasn't just like out of date by a month. He was using last year's fantasy book (laughs) as the reigning champion. I turned my buddy, I go, this is the dude that won the league? Oh my goodness. So you did then go on to win that league, right? We just won it this year. Finally. All right. Fair enough, because you can't be throwing shade at all these other managers and have them wind up beating you. Yeah. But I digress. Listen, that's why people listen to Sports Grid, okay? Because, listen, those magazines are out of date by the time they go to print. you got to get everything to win your leagues and win that cash right here on Sports Grid. And when we get to the fantasy football season, you can – guarantee that the spitting statistician will be helping you out in your fantasy drafts. But the last thing I wanted to ask you about this in Philly, you made a point of it. There are player props up already. Okay. And I remember telling you that when Frank Gore signed, it moved the Le'Veon Bell prop down, but only by like 60 yards right now. As I look at scrimmage yards, rushing and receiving for miles Sanders, it's basically 1500. That's the number they're hanging. Okay. 1499 and a half, even money, Okay, minus 110 on both sides. 
And so would you ever try to get ahead of this, knowing that the Eagles need to fill out the committee, whether it's Hyde or eventually somewhere else, whenever they do sign someone else, this prop bet from Miles Sanders is going to drop. So would you get ahead of it now at the 1499 number and go under? I'd, I'd be cautious about that because I think even with Hyde there, he could go over this number. Okay. And to me, Miles Sanders last year is that like Miles Sanders of all the guys that got hurt, right? Miles Sanders was able to, to stick around. And then I think he might've got injured in the Seattle game because the mm. Eagles season was one big ball of injuries. That was just there to tear hearts fans out here though, for sure. Like weeks like, like 10 through 15, roughly yeah. he, killing it. Yeah. He, he established himself as not just like, Oh, I'm the last guy here. That's why I'm getting touches. No, I, I'm a really talented football player. That. And the Eagles, you know, they took me for a reason. And I do think that he is going to be the lead back for this football team. Because he wasn't it wasn't just how awesome he was at running wheel routes. Like he was right. also, you know, getting between the tackles and making people miss. So I, I found myself very, very high on Miles Sanders. And I think Carlos Hyde is gonna come in if he comes in and it'll be to play a role. But it, it's not to be the lead back. It is not to be a, a, a repeat thousand yard rusher. Right. No, I think that makes sense. And here's the thing. I like what I saw from Miles Sanders, okay, like uh, with my own eyes uh, towards the end of the season. The one thing to also consider, not only whether it's Hyde or another back becoming part of a timeshare or committee, but he was, and to your point, he was kind of the preferred option when there were like three wide receivers who were down, when there was, you know, running backs who were already down. And so I wonder if when these other, you know, high-level targets for the Eagles come back, does he still get all these touches? I like Miles Sanders as a second-year running back who could be ascending, but I wonder if 1,500 is just a little too rich. Another running back situation that I think is interesting, and you said, you know, Miles Sanders will be the lead back. I wonder who's going to be the lead back in Indianapolis, Kevin. They go ahead and draft Jonathan Taylor, but Marlon Mack is there. Naheem Hines is kind of a perfect third down PPR pass catching back. And I really wonder what this committee is going to look like. And we got word out of Indianapolis. You know how it's usually called the one-two punch? Yep. Well, they are calling Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack a one-one punch. No one A, no one B. They're trying to be, you know, be nice with everyone's reputation. And it looks like Taylor and Marlon Mack are going to be closer to a timeshare with Naheem Hines taking on kind of pass catching duties. How do you think the pie is divided up in Indianapolis, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, and to my point about the fantasy herd, if they're both getting even reps, does that mean neither one of them are startable? This is a disaster for fantasy. I believe at some point during this week, you and I may get into some rookie running back ranks yeah. uh, for fantasy football. And this is a unknown question, right? What, how John, big is the supply? The problem is not only, right? Like, it's are these two, as you because you mentioned Naheem Hines, and he probably doesn't get brought up an, often enough in this situation. If they're splitting the running back room, that's one thing. If they're just splitting 320 that whole, carries, work. yeah, like Jonathan Taylor, the knock on him is what he can do as a pass catcher. Uh, he, you know, he, he wasn't great at it at Wisconsin. That's fine. Enter and, Naheem out. Well, that yeah, it's fine for the cult as a team. It's not good for you as a fantasy owner that thinks you. Jonathan Taylor is going to be an RB one. I hear you. And one one punch. That's the worst. I'd rather them say one-two punch and let Taylor become the one right. as opposed to the two. Like, we're going to just be doing this every other drive stuff. Like, mix yep. it in. Dri- we're going to have, you know. Hand. 
Sounds like we're in for a hot hand, which is not, you know, determinable before the game and for you as a fantasy owner. It's just not. This has the look of the San Francisco backfield, right? Like where one week Tevin Coleman could absolutely win you a week, and then in the next week he won't be viable as a starter because Matt Breida will go off or Raheem Mostart will go off. I can see weeks where Jonathan Taylor runs for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and the following week, you know, Marlon Mack runs for 100 yards and a touchdown, and the following week, Naheem Hines outscores them both, especially in PPR formats. I think that's why I talk about the fantasy herd, and that's why I talk about what is good for the Colts, and this is good for the Colts, to have a stable of running backs and to have an impressive running game behind that offensive line and new quarterback Phillip Rivers, I think is good for the Indianapolis offense. But I think it's horrible for fantasy managers of all three of them. This reminds me of New England or San Francisco of years past. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, people get, who of the three do you want to own? And people will say, I'll take Hines, PPR upside, and I get to get him latest of the three. I'll take Jonathan Taylor because I think he will ascend over time throughout the season. And while this may be more of a 50-50 split early, by the time you're in your fantasy playoffs, I think the scales will be a little bit weighted more towards Jonathan Taylor. We got more news and notes to cover and a deep dive into the Chicago Bears. It's Dane and Kevin on the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the early line. I'm Dane. He's Kevin, and we're giving you everything you need to know this hour in the NFL. If you want to know about UFC or the Major League Baseball plan, please check us out on Hour 1. You could see us anywhere, you know, on YouTube, on Roku, soon, on Zumo, on Pluto, plenty of places to get the edge here on SportsGrid. And, Kevin, we were talking about some of the news and notes. I think these running back committees are really going to be a story, and it's going to have fits. For fantasy owners, because yeah. every team has two, three guys. You got to pick out the right guy. You got to know their role. And it has to mm-hmm. be the week where the offensive coordinator also wants it to be yeah. there. I'm reminded of the New England Patriots. And it almost felt like Belichick was playing with us. You know, one week it'd be Rex Burkhead. One week it'd be James White. One week it'd be Dion Lewis. One week it'd be Sony Michelle. You know, and. Mm-hmm. You could never get it right. And Who I just was thought the guy that scored to... four touchdowns and then got cut the next day. What was that? Who was the Patriots running back that scored four touchdowns and then was like cut the next week? I think that might have been James White on a Sunday night game against the Colts. Uh, he scored four touchdowns and then he was nowhere to be found or put like on the taxi squad right I after that. To, yeah. I have to do some research during our next break. There was. And I think it was a yeah. Sunday game and he scored literally four touchdowns. But I digress. Continuing to look. At the news and notes here in the NFL, I find this one interesting. The Miami Dolphins have gone ahead and finalized the contract with Tua Tagovailoa. And so, you know, that's a four-year, $30 million deal. Now, here's the thing. These rookies are slotted, right? After the Sam Bradford year, um, they all got slotted in their rookie spaces. For me, the tea leaf that I'm reading is that the medicals are checking out okay. Right. You don't make this kind of investment 
if there's still an issue with, you know, the hip or the ankles or anything. They are confident to throw $30 million over the next four years to Tua. Yeah, as they should be. I mean, if you took them at, at where they did, you 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 better be able to ha- have that type of confidence. I think the biggest question is, because it is something that you can uh, bet on at the FanDuel Sportsbook, is who will be the quarterback for this team week one? Uh, and I initially saw Tua as, uh, you know, this big plus money favorite, couldn't believe it. Um, again, I think it was plus 300. And then I saw it went down to plus 200. I'm like, as per, that thing's going to be, you know, he'll be favorite. And then I think it went back up to like 370. And... You know, this I, I'm I'm torn on it because if if the idea is he won't be able to build up of enough a rapport because of the coronavirus with these guys that they're just gonna go with the trustworthy Ryan Fitzpatrick in their opening game, I struggle to to argue you on that. However, if they're able to to, to go, right, and they believe that Tua's healthy, Tua needs to be the quarterback. He just does. And Jump from like, jump. Yeah, because- I don't. What, what are we waiting for, man? Like, I just like I rem- like part of it is I remember so vividly that game that Tom Savage started against the Jaguars and at halftime Bill O'Brien right. went to Watson and it was like, I can't believe that you ever thought it was necessary to give Tom there. Savage a halftime rep, right? Or even um, when Hugh Jackson was so scared of his own shadow because he didn't understand that Deshaun Kaiser and Baker Mayfield were different quarterbacks, and he left Tyrod Taylor in until he yeah. got hurt, and then Baker came in against the Jets. Jets. Like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But, like, I just think – I think if – you know, and I liked what I saw from Brian Flores year one. I think the – if two is healthy, right, if two is going to be an active yeah. football player for you, he needs to be the starting quarterback. That's that, and that to me is the only option. Because you, so you don't see Tua as QB two. He's no. if he's dressing, he's yeah. starting. Because you know why, Dane? Honestly, seven teams are making the playoffs. The AFC yeah. East is as open as it has ever been. And I know that that's a stretch, but that team played really good football down the end. I thought they had a very, very solid off season. And man, I know Fitz has his moments, and I know that Fitz was a part of that run towards the end. I get it. I get all of that, mm-hmm. but. Tua, it just it brings them to another ceiling. And if they start out 0-2, and, and then two is the guy, and they miss the playoffs by a game, they're going to regret it. They're going to regret it. But remember, we've seen this now work the other way as well, right? You know, Dwayne Haskins takes over middle of the season. Daniel Jones yeah. takes over middle of the season. Drew Locke takes over towards the end of the season. Kyler Murray started week one, but not everybody starts week one. I can see Burrow starting week one this year, and then Tua and even Herbert, you know, kind of getting the baton passed to them at some point through the season. We'll see. Will Terod Taylor do the same thing? Will Fitzpatrick kind of play that role in Miami? I ultimately, though, Kevin, I think it will be dictated by Tua's health. And what we see in training camp in the preseason, if he's ready, they'll run him out there. But remember, the injury concern could delay or slow the development. But we will certainly see. It sounds like you like Tua at plus money to start week one for the Dolphins. Yeah, I don't see why not. I think he's more talented quarterback that they used the fifth overall pick on. Right. You know what I mean? Like if the odds were flipped. No, but plus three, seven plus money. I think I think that that's more than than worth the look. All right. 
Fair enough. Listen, Mike Tomlin has also been talking recently, okay? We talked about earlier in the week, he was mentioning that, I don't know, these facilities should probably open at the same time for competitive balance. Remember, we've been talking about so many different aspects of competitive balance, and I can understand that if some teams have more days to build this chemistry, hit the ground running, as we've said, it's so important in the sport of football. But he also said uh, yesterday or the day before, that they're confident that Big Ben's going to be ready to go, right? And we see pictures of Big Ben killing a bear, the mountain man. And this, for me, is one of the greatest unknowns of the entire NFL season. If you tell me Big Ben is Big Ben and he plays 16 games for the Steelers, the Steelers are a playoff team, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I can trust him to get through 16 games. And I don't know that I can trust like a 38, 37, whatever it is, guy coming off of elbow surgery to all of a sudden, you know, be a reasonable facsimile of what he used to be. You know, he looks a little doughy. He looks a little pudgy to me. But we're coming out and Tomlin is saying that he fully expects Big Ben to be ready for the season. And, and I guess my question for you, Kevin, is how do we know? Like, we don't know because we're seeing Cam Newton on Instagram. We're seeing Tua on Instagram. We're even seeing Alex Smith on social media, right, trying to look like he's ready to go. I'm not seeing much out of Big Ben, and they don't really have a backup option. I thought that could have been a spot for Jameis. I still think if this turns sour, Cam Newton's phone could ring. But what do you think? Are you confident, like apparently the Steelers are, that everything's going to be happy-go-lucky and ready to go, and he's be able to, like, you know, just drop right in and hit the ground running, Big Ben? So I think it's well, one of, you said Big Ben is Big Ben, but Big Ben being Big Ben is missing games. It's right. Really and right. and we saw that of... Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges were not the long-term answer. They are not the secession plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Correct. However... This is a variation of the idea that surrounds Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Bear with me. But the yeah. idea is Brady doesn't have to go there and be the GOAT. He doesn't have to go there and, and be the MVP of the league. Brady has to go there and be able to take advantage of the incredible weaponry that he has and not throw 30 picks. That's what they need from Tom Brady. And a defense mm-hmm. last year, that had a pretty darn good season. Big Ben has to come in and be better than Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and the offense that finished, as we've talked about, 32nd overall in offensive DVOA. Yeah. And that defense has to maintain where it is. I'm not saying Big Ben is a game manager, because, again, that feels like a slight to a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I'm not trying to do that. Well, the Big, same way it is for Tom Brady, right? Exactly. Big Ben has to come in, make the right plays, keep this offense on time. And that is why, when we did the projections, right, I had the Steelers going 9-7. and seven. If Big Ben flirts with an MVP-level type of play, Steelers are Super Bowl contenders. They just are. But I'm not expecting that. I just think Big, I think Big Ben's baseline is still a, is higher, much higher than what we got from both Mason Rudolph and Doc Hodges last year. Sure. Now, here's the other thing, and I push back on this, because when you're talking about Big Ben and the amazing weapons, the last time Big Ben had a full season, he had the bees, the killer bees, Le'Veon oh, Bell, yeah. Antonio Brown. And I think, you know, if it was this time last year, Kevin, mm-hmm. we would have been talking about Juju as a number one wideout. He kind yeah. of defecated the mattress in that role last year. I don't know if I believe that he can still do that. We were talking about James Conner as a lock-solid RB1 in fantasy last year. 
I don't know if I view him that way anymore. I don't know if the Steelers view him that way anymore, bringing in McFarlane and that sort of thing. So I wonder if Big Ben would actually have to do more to have this offense, you know, back in the top 10 where most people remember. The last part I'll say about Big Ben, if you think he can do it, he is currently the favorite to win the Comeback Player of the Year award at plus 250, okay? Gronk is 3-1, to one, J.J. Watt, Cam Newton. It's plus 750 hold on, hold in that on, hold on. bet. Good. Is J.J. Watt just every year like yeah. top three favorite? And what does that speak to, right? That speaks to the fact that he ain't going to get through the damn season. But yeah. I do think there's some interesting names here. Big Ben is yeah, the favorite, there? but you got Gronk at 3-1. to one. Right. I said J.J. Watt. Then, to be honest, where I'd put my money, Cam Newton is plus 750. Um, A.J. Green, an interesting option at nine to one. Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, and Nick Foles are the op- other options. But Ben Roethlisberger is the favorite for this award. And so, listen, if he does do that, you will probably see the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. What do you think, though? Do you really think Big Ben? Because I mean, he's thirty-eight. He doesn't have Antonio Brown. He doesn't have Le'Veon Bell. I really think that the Steelers need to start figuring out the future. I I agree. I don't think it had to be this year because the last time they did that, while Big Ben was around, he's like, I can't believe we just took another quarterback. Um, and to some degree, he was right. I was low on this team last year because I was like, Anto- people are celebrating Antonio Brown, the best receiver of a decade, not being around. And that should not be celebrated. And then they went up there and they played the Patriots week one and they looked like they had no idea what football is. They were shut out. And Big Ben did play that whole game. Right. So I totally, I totally agree with you. The question with that comeback of the year award is, right, we don't know this is all narratives. Would sure. you say that Big Ben and the Steelers just have to be in the playoffs for him to win it? Because the, the most interesting thing with Cam Newton is if Cam Newton ends up having a season kind of like the one that you've suggested, which is he comes in and steps in for an yep. injured quarterback, that's a great path to comeback right. player of the year. And that's he right. only will need – because he won't be dinged if he plays eight games under that scenario – where, you know, Big Ben will need still a good 16, and we can right. see Big Ben go down. I think Cam's a good one, and, um, you know, kind of as a, a segue for our next segment, yeah, Nick, Nick Foles is, uh, is worth a look as well. Yeah, absolutely. When we come back on the other side of the break, we are going to do our tour around the NFL, and the Chicago Bears are the team that we will shine a spotlight on. We did the Detroit Lions yesterday. We stay in the NFC North with the Chicago Bears, and, you know, their quarterback question is definitely something that we will dig into. And if you believe it's going to be Nick Foles, and he's a starting quarterback at 14-1, to it's the same kind of level and maybe better value than Big Ben Roethlisberger. One other note, we were talking about that Patriots running back. It is Jonas Gray who wound up getting four touchdowns in that game against the Indy and then was not on the roster the following week. That's how Bill Belichick uses you and spits you out. When we come back on the other side of the break, we look at the Chicago Bears. Is it value for Nick Foles as comeback player of the year or as a starting quarterback? Come on back and find out. It's the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. He is Kevin Walsh, and we are continuing our deep dives into teams, right, to try to find value. This week, we're in the NFC North. Yesterday, we talked about the Detroit Lions. You can check that out. Today, we dig into the Chicago Bears, and I think there's a number of ways to skin this cat, Kevin, okay, and a lot of ways to bet on them. But first, as we do with every team, let's take a look at their draft. Remember... They didn't have a first-round pick because they have Khalil Mack coming on the edge, right? I do believe this is the last pick that they gave the Raiders for Khalil Mack. Remember, it was mm-hmm. multiple years where they get first-round picks. Before I dig into the draft, you know, I always believe that this kind of, you know, trade a ton of draft picks for this haul for that player is kind of interesting. It either works swimmingly yeah. if that team ultimately cashes in and actually wins the damn championship. And other than that, you know, when you look at it years in the future, it turns out looking real bad. Now, don't get me wrong. Khalil Mack is a stud and he's a great player. But is he really the difference between the 2020 Bears being a title contender and being an also ran? I personally don't think so. So when you look at it through that frame, I don't know that it was a smart deal because of all the capital you gave up. Now, a few years ago, yes, they were like 13 and three. They were a true contender. And Khalil Mack made that defense ferocious. But in hindsight, you think it was a smart move? Yes, because that move was the difference maker if Trubisky was anywhere near what they thought he was. And I hate to keep taking shots at Trubisky, but he came in, and with him, Vic Fangio, that defense, from a single-season production standpoint, was historically great. That team was 12-4 and with a a bad offense. Mm -hmm. Okay, And they ended up, unfortunately, running in to the most magical man in all of football, who they now, it could be their starting quarterback in Nick Foles. And they found themselves getting bounced at home. But there was a lot of people. Was that the Doink Boink? Yes, it was. Okay. I'll tell you that I didn't see Doink 2. Doink 1 ran around my house screaming, (laughs) we won, we won. My brothers brothers go, you have no idea that that almost went back in. And I, I don't think I would have ever recovered from the embarrassment and heartbreak of thinking that that was right. a miss. Already doing doinked, the victory lap. You're yeah, right. Had it, had it <laughs> doinked back in. With that being said, there were people still picking that Bears team to win the Super Bowl in spite of Trubisky. Khalil right. Mack came and he really, he put them over the, I don't, put yeah. them over the edge, I guess maybe is a bridge too far, but I think, I think you kind of get what I'm getting at here. He took them to a whole nother level sure. that they would have not been able to get to without Khalil Mack there. All right, and listen, I continue to make this analogy. Mitchell Trubisky is to the Chicago Bears what Blake Bortles is to the Jacksonville Jaguars, or was. They had championship-level defenses that carried the team, but unfortunately, because of kind of playoff appearances, the organization still wants to give a chance to their top 10 quarterback who most people do not think is ready to be a franchise quarterback. But let's look at their 2020 draft. Remember, they don't have a first-round pick. I have said this before. I like Cole Komet as a player, but I don't understand why the Chicago Bears used their first pick on him at number 43 overall when they had like 10 tight ends in the room and had just spent money on Jimmy Graham the week previous. I don't get that one, but I know you like Jalen Johnson. Mm -hmm. He's one of these cornerbacks that you've been talking about when a lot of other teams decided to pass on the secondary. The Bears nail him. The quarterback out of Utah was their second-round pick. I know you like that one. Was that kind of like the only draft pick that rates for you in Chicago? Well, yeah, the problem for Chicago was there weren't many draft picks to actually be rating. True. I thought the Jalen Johnson pick was very, very good. And yes, 
Uh, we've discussed teams like I think as high as like 16. I'm like, oh, Jalen Johnson was on the board. And, he, you know, he didn't come all the way off until like 50, I think it might have been. Um, mm-hmm. Overall. So, yes, I love that pick. The Cole Komet problem. overall. The Cole Komet problem was the, the mistakes that were made beforehand. Like Cole Komet, where they took him, ultimately I'd have been fine with. Like top tight end on the board. Sure. They get him in the second round. It was that there were already nine other tight ends on the roster, including paying Jimmy Graham this offseason. They should have never paid Jimmy Graham this offseason. They should have known that in a in a tight end class that wasn't highly rated, they would have been able to find themselves waiting on a tight end that could potentially right. contribute to them. And they they in that if they would have done that. And then had they been able to space out their money a little bit better with, with the Jimmy Graham stuff, I think they could have had a more impactful offseason. So that's the problem with the Komet pick. I like the player. I think he can contribute to them. I think he'll be the best tight end on the team. But he's the best tight end of 10 tight ends when you just right. pay Jimmy Graham. You've made mistakes leading up to that move. Absolutely. If you're going to use a skill position player like that in the second round, you think he's going to be on the field. You think he's going to get touches. All right. He's going to be a piece of the offense. And it's just hard to understand how he's a piece of the offense when you got, you know, six other tight ends on the roster, one of which who has a, you know, a career reputation narrative and you just spent eight million dollars a year for. So, you know, he's going to be on the field. So it just was a little bit confusing for me. Then they go defense, you know, Travis Gibson, Kinley Volder. Um, They do get a wide receiver out of Tulane. Mm-hmm. Um, in Darl Mooney, but do you think what do you think about the rest of this draft? They did get a couple linemen at the end too to potentially protect Trubisky mm-hmm. or Foles or whoever is going to be yeah. moving forward. You know, and I think it was just again it was a scenario where they were trying to throw some darts at the board there. Right. But this is a team where so and this is where the Khalil Mack stuff comes into play. Where Khalil Mack was great for them that season, and he's been you know really good for them throughout. But they needed to be more successful that year with Mac to justify the fact that the cupboard was a bit more bare this go around still, because I think they could have used a couple more swings up the plate with their draft process. I I mean, how many, you know, again, I think Jalen Johnson, but even Cole Komet's contributions are going to be limited and everybody past that. I don't know how many people are going to be able to help this team where they're weirdly resetting but this is also the final year, I feel like, of a win-now idea, I guess, that this franchise has. Yep. It's true. Like, what is the window for the Chicago Bears? I'm going to tell you one thing right now. This is a fork in the road, right? Either Trubisky can kind of reclamate his career and be a guy, or they're going to be they're going to be in the Justin Fields and the Trevor Lawrence, you know, in that kind of pond or looking to make a big time splash in free agency next year. Don't forget about Trey Lance. Also guy I'm going to have my eye on out of North Dakota state as another quarterback who will be a first round talent. All right. I'm going to tell you something right now. As I look at their win total, this is a play for me, Kevin. We've been talking about this. This is definitely a play. Do you know what the bears win total is? I think we just agreed, right? The whole North was like eight. It's eight. On the number, I think this is inflated, okay? I think 
I'm fading the Bears this year. I don't think this Trubisky-Foles experiment works well. I think their defense is good, not great anymore. I think mm. their weapons are okay, but they don't scare me. And I just don't think – I think they're going to try to give Mitchell Trubisky as much leash as possible. I don't see any way this team winds up as an above 500 team. Nine and seven is what it would take for you to lose this bet. I just don't see it happening. And quite frankly, you know, you got pretty much even juice on both sides. It's 115 to the under, 105. Five to the over. I am leaning. I'm doing more than leaning. I'm betting under for the Chicago Bears. When we go game by game, we'll see if mm. I'm, you know, missing something. But I like the Bears under, Kev. I could see us differing on this. So I okay. played the Jaguars last year to win the AFC South. Okay. And that's not because I feel like I owed it to Nick Foles. <laughs> Nick Foles has the ability to win football. Oh, that's games. right. You love and big dick energy. Listen. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl MVP, but let's call it what it is, right? When he went to Jacksonville, if I, he's an upgrade on the quarterback situation and the defensive talent remains. They open with the Chiefs. The Chiefs go down and score on a Sammy Watkins touchdown, no problem. Right. And what does Nick Foles do? Throwing out of this world 50-yard touchdown pass and gets injured on the play, and the whole thing is ruined from that moment on. Gardner Minshew emerges. Mm-hmm. Foles is never the same, and the whole Jacksonville run doesn't work. Clays Campbell's gone, Jalen Ramsey's gone, A.J. Bowie's gone, and now we think they're going to be the worst team in football. So now here comes Nick Foles, basically another shot at the exact same scenario. I think even John Filippo found his way, way to, to Chicago, Chicago. Yep. which is amazing. Get the band back together. Thing. It's my favorite thing that they're just like, hey, we're a package deal. I love that. Uh, <laughs> so now here he is again. Is Nick Foles an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky? I lean yes. Am I telling you that Nick Foles for 16 games is going to be playoff Nick Foles? No, that's dumb. But does Nick Foles have the ability to win games? If this defense is able to perform at the level that it has performed at since Khalil Mack has shown up, I believe so. Now, we'll see. We're going to play out the schedule, but yep. it wouldn't shock me if I was I – I don't think – I don't know if I'm going to – because even last year they were 8-8, eight eight, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So let me ask you about their playoffs bet. Okay, because it seems like you're a little bit higher on them. You can get plus money for them to make the playoffs, plus 155, plus 160. Do you believe in your big Nick energy that much? I like this is so here's the thing, right? If I told you week one, the Bears were hosting the Cardinals, right? Right. Would you lean Arizona with a road upset? Because Arizona to me is almost the measuring stick, I think, for this type of conversation. But it's not. They're in Detroit week one. No, 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 I know that. Oh, but, I know that. like, who would I I'm like? Talking to, I'm talking about just trying to evaluate the game these was in Chicago? next to each other. Yeah, the game, the game was in Chicago. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Arizona. I like Arizona. I like Arizona. Okay. I do, yeah. Okay, so, because obviously then you would, you would like them if they were in Arizona. In Arizona, and, I'd lay three points, yes. Yeah, and, and that's where I I go back and forth, and I'm not sure, because I feel like I would basically defer to the home team, but I do I, like Arizona. The thing that I wonder is the the, the top of the NFC West, is good. We know this, right? The worst team in the NFC West is still going to be a, a decent football team. Six wins. The, the NFC North, I just have a I, – I don't know. I don't know. Like, the, we did the Lions yesterday, and Matt Patricia's there, and I'm never going to be high on them when he's, the, when he's the coach. You know, throughout this week, we'll hit on the Vikings and the Packers, and we'll see kind of where we, you know, land, but – Man, the Packers offseason was uninspiring, and That's the Vikings was, was a little tough, too. So I guess I would say that the Bears have a sliver of hope if we were to even talk about odds to win the North. 
So let me ask you this, Kevin, because, you know, I'm not trying to be silly with you. I know you are in love with Nick Foles, right? But <laughs> let me ask you this, because it sounds like a lot of positivity that you think is potential here for the Bears is tied to Nick Foles and not Mitchell Trubisky. So there yes. are other bets you can make, right? You can bet then will Nick Foles be the starting quarterback for the Bears in week one? We talked about it earlier in the episode. Listen, if Nick Foles leads the Bears to the playoffs, he could be a comeback player of the year candidate. Would you bet Foles at 14-1 to comeback player of the year? Would you bet Foles under center for the Bears for week one? I love I love the idea of betting Foles for comeback player of the year. Because, again, you kind of talk, like, if, if he leads them to the playoffs, right. then people will be like, oh, what a difference maker he saved their season. Him to be the week one starting quarterback – What's really interesting to me with those odds, right, is when we justify Tyrod Taylor's price and Fitzpatrick's price, a part of the cap there is, well, we don't know if, you know, they're going to have enough time to come in and learn the system. Is He knows the system. Foles knows is, the system. That's the thing. So with DeFilippo right. there, I think Trubisky's kind of behind the eight ball as well. So it, it's a heavy price with Foles to pay. But, yeah, I'm expecting Foles to be the quarterback of this team with one. All right, fair enough. You know, Kevin continues to ride with his Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. He's not even on the team back. anymore. Just call right, it when we come back, here's what we're going to do. We'll do the game-by-game game exercise. I think there's no way they get to eight. You're holding out a sliver of hope. Yeah, Let's we'll see what play. happens. We do it. It's the early line. Come on back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the early line. It's Dane and Kevin trying to find value with the 2020 Chicago Bears. I think they're going to be an underplay. I am fading the Bears, mostly because I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. Kevin, on the other hand, is holding out a little bit hope because he completely believes in Nick Foles. So let's see. And we talked about the comeback player of the year, their yes-no playoff bet. We'll give you our fantasy kind of diamonds and fugazis. But first, let's look at their schedule. All right, Kevin? Now, remember, the win total is eight. So let's see what you've got going. And what we're going to do is we'll see. It's the most stressful thing I do every single day. That I'll give as losses because I think I'm going to be lower than you on this team. So let's figure it out. They start on the road in Detroit. Week one. Yes, I picked this uh, as a win for them yesterday. We stay consistent. So that's a win for? The Bears. Bears. You had Detroit losing there yesterday. Fair enough. Then they go, they come home, their home opener. Uh, one o'clock game against the New York football giants at home. I like the Bears in that spot. You like the Bears. All right, so that's one, I think, a difference, okay? Let's see how much worse I have the Bears. Giants on a short week. I, I think the Bears are trash, Kevin. <laughs> That's what it comes <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I think Saquon Barkley has 135 yards in this game. Week three, they go to Atlanta to see the Falcons. Wow, that's a fun matchup. Um, I will I will lean towards the home Falcons, though. All right, so you have them two and one. Remember, I have one loss difference, okay? Then they're home, but they're welcoming a team. I know you and I both like the Indianapolis Colts week four. Man, I, I tell you, like this every single time we do these, it's like this cult schedule is awesome. It's sh- like, <laughs> we'll get into them for sure. 
is that not a game that Philip Rivers loses? But I don't want to be so, – all right, let's go 2-2. Two and two. Let's go 2-2. Two and two. That's what makes sense there. Right. I have them losing to the Colts as well. All right, so you have them 2-2. Two and two. All right, then, short week. They host on Thursday Night Football, week five. They host Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and the Bucks. Oh, boy. Wow. 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 Nick Foles owns Tom Brady, as we all know. <laughs> right. right? He sure does. You give him the Bears a win here at home on Thursday night? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No. No. I'll give All right, you have him two and three. Next up, on the mini-buy, they're on the road at Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater and the crew. Yeah, I like that. Mini-buy, that works for me. Give him a win. I'll give you that one as well. So you have them three and three. I have them two and four. After that, back-to-back road games, they start on the East Coast. Next time, Monday night, on the road against the Rams. I think they go down here. Yeah, on the road is tough. I'll, I'll lean Remember when the Bears de- demolished that Rams team, That's though? Cool. I do remember that. I believe that was in Chicago, though. Oh, this it sure was. And Vic Fangio was still there. I remember. We've talked again about on the road in those primetime games, so we both have that being a loss. Then they turn around. They're at home, but they see the Saints. I don't think they beat New Orleans. What do no, you say? No, no, no. Nope. No. All right. And the Saints losing them- to the Lions. Imagine I had the Saints losing. Right. So that was the one where they defecate the mattress, right? So you have them three and a half, five. I have them one game worse. Then they go to Tennessee. What do you say about that one for the Titans? Bears at Titans. That's a that's a ooh, that's a tough sell, right? Isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm a loss there as well. All right, fair I'm in, I'm, the Titans. This is a Monday Night Football at home divisional matchup. Kirk Cousins comes to town. Now we know what Kirk Cousins does on prime time. Also, what do you easy, think? That's easy Bears. All right, they, give, them, they, give them one there, too. Chase Daniels beat, beat the Vikings last year. Then, coming off their bye, they get the bye in week 11. Off the bye, but on the road, Sunday night football, the first time they see what I think will still be Aaron Rodgers on the center and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. And if on you the road, you said? Night, in Green Bay. That's yeah, a loss, no. right? Yeah, of course. They're not, right. they're not going to After that, that, they're home. I think they could get this one. It's home against the Lions. Yep. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Home the Lions. At this point, you have them five and seven. Then they are home again, and they have the Texans. What do you say? Win. You think that's a win? Yes. I think that's a loss. So I, I have them, them uh, less yeah. than you. Okay? That's After that, they're on the road to Minnesota. Minnesota, them clapping it up. Skull, I think they go down. What say you? Yeah, Minnesota, that's fair. Right, on the road in division. After that, maybe they can get this one. Week 16, this could be for the number one overall pick, in my opinion, but they're on the road at Jacksonville. Nick Foles' revenge game. Oh, Nick Foles' revenge game. I, my, he'll, he'll throw for 400 yards. He'll <laughs> throw right. for 400 yards. I'm telling you. He'll throw for 400 so yards. I'll put him in every DFS lineup that week. I'm telling hey, you right now. And I believe uh, their opponent will need this game. They are at home in Chicago. But it's their second one against Green Bay. What do you think? Yeah, it's funny, right? Because last year they actually beat the Vikings week 17 because the Vikings didn't play anybody. Um, but with the one seed by, it's a good point. At, no, that's the thing is I think we're going to see a lot more teams playing hard on week 17. And, and I still have to lean. Um, I still have to lean with Green Bay in this spot. All right. You have them going 7-9, and nine, Kevin. I have them going 5-11. and 11. So that being said, I'm ready to click submit on my bet. Okay, I have sure. them five games up against the win total of eight. That's three games of daylight. It seems like, Kevin, you have a little bit more faith in Big Nick, but yeah. that is all right. You're allowed. You're allowed to do that. That is absolutely fine. Can I Can I ask, though, you have Foles or Trubisky as the quarterback? 
Like, what are you expecting from this quarterback? I have, I have Trubisky starting. Really? Yeah. Even I think the, the Bears have every opportunity for Trubisky to have this job to start. And yeah. then I think he's going to defecate the mattress, and yeah. it's going to become clear that they must go to Nick Foles. I don't know. Call it call it after an embarrassing uh, embarrassing performance at home Thursday night against the Bucs. That's week five, and then after that, they'll make the switch. That That's kind of what I'm seeing. But regardless, um, I don't think Mitch Trubisky will be the quarterback by the end of the year, so Nick Foles will be under center for that revenge game in Jacksonville yeah. by week 16. We also do another thing here. So I find value in there under. You may not, because you have met seven wins with yeah. eight being the marker, so you know, you can hold out hope there. I am willing to hit the under. Another thing we do, though, with the Bears is when we look to the fantasy world, we find a diamond in the rough and a fantasy fugazi, someone to forget about. When you look at their skill position players, someone that is not Nick Foles, who do you like? Who do you like for them in fantasy? Allen Robinson. It's hard not to. Allen Robinson is a very, very good football player. Absolutely. And I'm... Uh, optimistic, I guess, that Foles is going to be... They're, they're going to make the right decision and make Foles the quarterback. I will tell you, you know, it's funny. If Filippo wasn't there, I am with you that it is Trubisky and that they're going to try and make Trubisky the guy. But I think that they are ready to turn it over to Foles, and I think that's an upgraded quarterback. And Allen Robinson was still great uh, while uh, yes. Trubisky was the guy. So, yeah, and I think you're going to still pay, a, a, you know, a, a big price on... Uh, Allen Robinson, but wide out last year. I think he finished last season as wide receiver nine. Okay, so I want to say that too. He is a diamond in the rough. He is viable as a back end wide receiver one, a very high level wide receiver two. Look at his stats. We have it up on the board right now. Last year, 98 catches. 1147 yards and seven touchdowns and I think you make a great point okay he is likely if it is Nick Foles I think he's gonna have better quarterback play this is a guy Kevin he has made Blake Bortles look good in his career he has made Mitchell Trubisky look good in his career at college he made Christian Hackenberg look good in his career I think people forget because of the injury, he was working his way back in OT in 2018. And then last year, fully healthy, he's returning back in wide out one numbers. I agree with you. He is definitely a diamond in the rough for this squad. Let's take it on the flip side, though, Kevin. Who's your fantasy fugazi for this roster? How do you think it plays out? Man, it's tough. That running back room is interesting. Yep. Um, last year, I was I found myself not as high. I felt like on David Montgomery right. um, as as the rest did, and that proved to be the right side, I would say, um, overall. But I do think in year two he could perform at a higher rate. I think we could see a step up for him, which I guess that means okay. Tariq Cohen falls mm. back a bit. I will. The funny thing is, right? As much as I'm saying I'm optimistic about what Nick Foles can do for this team and he's going to throw for 400 yards week 16 against the Jacksonville Jaguars this is still not a roster that is littered with offensive talent that I'm looking to you know get myself involved with um, as you will I, I guess I would I would still probably say David Montgomery I don't think his price is going to be as high but I think there's going to be people who are like year two, he jumps up right. and I'll probably still stay away from Montgomery on a lot of my fantasy teams. I agree with you. We're, we're on the same page here. Okay. I also believe David Montgomery 
is kind of my fugazi for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Okay, you mentioned the, the balance with Tariq Cohen. For me, it's game flow, Kevin. I think the Bears are going to be down. I think the Bears are going to be down in a lot of games. I think in the second half, we're going to see a lot more of Tariq Cohen on the field than Montgomery. And here's the other thing. You mentioned the kind of rookie running backs and how you were on him last year. Miles Sanders emerged towards the end of last season. Uh, Devin Singletary emerged towards the end of last year. I did not see the same out of Montgomery. He is going right now. His ADP is around 24, 25. He's going as the 24th, excuse me, the 24th running back. That's an RB2. That's a back-end RB2. But there are guys that are behind him in ADP that I would much rather have. He's right now going ahead of James Conner. He's going ahead of Devin Singletary. He's going ahead of Sony Michelle. He's going ahead of Darius Geis. He's going ahead of Kareem Hunt, Marlon Mack. I would take all of these guys ahead of David Montgomery because I believe the Bears are going to be down. I believe game flow will be leaning towards Tariq Cohen. And so I want no part of David Montgomery. I also wasn't as high on him as some other running backs even last year. And I think the bears and where they are, I think they're going to be throwing in garbage time. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of check downs to Tariq Cohen. I also think that means a lot of targets for Allen Robinson. We've already talked about that. And I'll also, the one other thing I'll give, I'm sorry, but they're tight ends. Their tight ends are Fugazi. Listen, when we have a timeshare at running back, we've already been talking about how that's a problem for yeah. like Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. We're going to have split tight ends. Okay, and I know that there's some teams that do that effectively. Your Philadelphia Eagles come to mind. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks come to mind. We're making America great again, and now Rob Gronkowski will be part of it. I know there are teams that can do this. I don't think the Bears are one of them. Okay, so if you go ahead and draft Jimmy Graham, then what happens when Cole Komet comes on? If you go ahead and get Cole Komet, that's something I would caution against because tight ends do not usually do well in their rookie year. Yeah. Right. And now that tight end room is full. I would fade the tight end room of the Bears, even though I think you know the name Jimmy Graham and you'll think, oh, the best rookie off the board. I don't think that's the case this year for the Bears tight ends. And I'm not sure either one of them gets drafted in your in your more you know regular Fair. sized drafts. Fair. And I would say I, I would keep an eye on if Foles is the guy on Jimmy Graham or something like that, because he will use his tight ends, even though everybody in the red zone Wentz was the only quarterback that threw to Zach Ertz. That was stupid. Foles threw to him a ton too, because he was good and Foles will use his tight ends. I, I, you know, last year, like Trey Burton, not being able to get anything done in Chicago. If Foles is the guy, I will keep tabs on a waiver wire pickup of one of those two potentially. Fair enough. So there you have the Chicago Bears. They are a fade for me, and they are Nick Foles leading them to the promised land for Kevin. That's about it for today. For Kevin Walsh, I'm Dane Martinez. You like how I get the last word in, right? Come see us tomorrow. We continue in the NFC North. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.